Hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. So I think this is the first time we're ever recording in the morning. So neither of us have an alcoholic beverage. An alcoholic drink. Um, No, I know. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that. I was like, shit, it's 9 a.m. Can I do this? (laughs) Like, can I, can I find a way to, I mean. uh, Well, you're literally traveling today, aren't you? So like technically like you're on vacation. Who the fuck cares? Well, I'm working. Ugh, fine. Never mind then. Because my flight isn't until tonight. Although apparently we need to get to the airport 12 hours in advance because we're flying some weird budget airline that will bump you if you don't check in like three hours before. I can't, I can't talk about it. Um, But wait, I did want to say that I'm so proud of us for like this podcast because at my, at like the, the dinner party the other night, I feel like we literally leveraged some of the stuff that we've talked about like oh, during nice. during the dinner. Wait, you were here. What do you mean? Well, I wasn't involved, I feel like, in the dinner table conversations. I was like more by the fire pit area. Yeah, but weren't you there when we were talking about like attachment styles or theories? Mm-mm, I wasn't there. Types? Oh, I, th- I thought you were. Mm-hmm. Shows you how fuzzy things are at that point uh, for me. No. So at one point um, I was showing some of the pictures. Mm, Nice. um, That we took that day that we will soon be sharing with the world. And I, uh, and one of, one of my friends was like, oh, I, I read that book. And I was like, well, clearly I'm a secure, you know, attachment type. And she literally like spit her drink out and was like, yeah, absolutely not. And then anyway, the point is like, <laughs> we continued to have the conversation and like, it really, like, it, it was like mind boggling to kind of see our vision of like what bringing, pod- yeah, like bringing these like topics into like a ca- more casual setting or I guess, I guess technically dinner parties, theoretically not more casual, but you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. having it be part of like your everyday just conversation. And the fact that mm-hmm. I was able to hold a conversation about that. I was really <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's the type of shit that I fucking love. Did you guys talk about the bachelor too, or just purely attachment styles? I think it was just purely attachment styles. And we were just nice. talking about it in our own personal lives. So well, I love that. Yeah. Um, I, I was there for the, I think second half probably of that conversation um, <laughs> with our good friend, Amanda, <laughs> when we were talking about um, attachment styles and stuff. And um, yeah, I thought it was hilarious that she also just kind of gave you the stink eye when you were like, yeah, I'm totally like a secure attachment. And we were like, uh, okay, Alina. We know that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, it was that moment? Oh yeah. We were in the kitchen. We weren't sitting at the tables at that point. Yeah. No, I know. Okay. Anyway, anyway, regardless, <laughs> that's the part of the story I'm talking about. Um, I think it's- <gasps> oh my God. That's funny. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I loved it. I also thought she was fucking hilarious. Um, talking about attachment styles in regards to her own relationship and then us talking about ours. Um, and it was, it was hilarious because typically you and Pierre were acting like typical avoidance during the conversation too. So I thought that was even like an extra added layer of fun to it. And you were like, yeah, no, I'm totally thick here. And we're just like, uh-huh. Okay. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Moving on. Avoiding the topic. Avoiding Avoiding the the topic. topic. Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Um, Um, I am, because it is 9 a.m., as you can see, I'm still in my PJ slash onesie. And I plan on attending meetings later in the day wearing this, by the way. I just wanted you to know. No, I'm so supportive of that. So the the cozy, comfy, whatever it was that you got me, that like sweater, blanket, snuggy onesie. Um, I've, I've worn it to every meeting 
this week and people are, I think they're starting to be concerned about my hygiene. I was going to wear it today, but I was like, I need to give it a break. And I'm also like running out of here right after this. So, I mean, I'm actually really glad that you are using it to the fullest extent possible. It just makes me happy. It's like 62 degrees in LA. I'm shivering. I am miserable and nothing has saved my life. Oh my God. Little Miss New Yorker over here. 62 degrees is like, I'll be y'all. Okay. I haven't lost the New York stank face or attitude or Mm. hothead. Um, but I absolutely have lost my ability to deal with the cold. And that's why I left. I literally left not because I didn't like New York. I left because I couldn't deal with the winter and the misery of like snow and cold. And no, you know, my actual worst or like what I, what I hate the most about the cold. What? When you wake up in the morning and you go to shower and then you get out of the shower after being all nice and steamy and you're fucking freezing. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's like, I'm not kidding. Like that was literally why I was like, I have to go. I cannot live here anymore because of showering in the morning. <laughs> Once again, questioning my own hygiene, but, um, anyway. but it's also like, I love how like explicit the reasoning is. Like there's a very specific reason as to why you had to leave. I don't know why showering at night, like didn't have the same effect on me showering in the morning. And I used to be a morning shower. Now I'm a night shower, but like I, I, I showering in the morning in the winter in New York, when you get out and you're shivering and the floor is cold and you can't get warm Ugh. and then you just shave your legs. And you know, when you, you, yeah. you know, when you just shave your legs and then you get the goosebumps, you're like, what the fuck? I have stubble again. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was before I could afford laser hair removal on my legs. So it makes sense. See, there's yeah, logic. I get, I get it. I get it. I was not judging. I just found, thought it was really funny. The very specific reasoning. That was all. Yes. Wait, uh, on that note, sorry. I have a very important question. Are you a night shower or a morning shower? Um, I'm a night shower. Okay. I know that this is like such a controversial topic for people, but I'm very much like I have, well, I guess it just depends. Like pre-COVID, I was a morning shower. And that was because when I was traveling to work, it was early in the mornings. I would like work out in the mornings and then I would shower there and then be at my desk by a certain time. Um, So I guess I was technically a morning shower, but since COVID, it's like as the day goes on and I typically will work out later, like in the afternoons and stuff, then I just prefer, because I also like to take a bath. I think that's it too. So it's like, I just take a bath, do my little Epsom salts, you know, get some of that like essential oils, jasmine going on. Um, and then I'll take a shower afterwards. You and Mark really are the same person. I cannot. One time he like was so nice and like drew me a bath because I was having like a bad day. Surprise, surprise. And I'm always having a bad day. And um, I think I laid in it for like seven minutes and I was like, okay, I'm bored. I got to, I got to get out of here. Are you serious? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't do very well. I'm just bored. What do you do? What do you think about? You, uh, well, first off, I will meditate in the bath. Don't do that. Uh Okay. Um, (laughs) Then I have like this little platform thingy. And so I'll bring like a book, you know, I'll have my phone with me. Sometimes I'll play some music. Um, Sometimes I'll read. Sometimes, you know, like I actually will, when I'm writing our, you know, trying to figure out the framework for some of our episodes. Mm. I'll like actually take my laptop in there with me and like actually get some work done. Sometimes it's a great source of inspiration. Um, yeah, I just consider it a form of self-care, but not everybody thinks of it as such. So I can understand both cases. No, it's not that I don't think of it as self-care. It's just that like- You get bored. I get bored. I think I might need to go. <laughs> I think I might have ADHD. You know what I think would be the solution for you, Alina? I had a friend who went to somewhere in, I think it was somewhere in Asia. Maybe it was somewhere in Africa. I can't remember. Um, She had gotten basically a university to fund her research as a master's um, student. And um, she ended up going to learn about all the like medicines, basically like psychedelic medications and like I think I told you about this where Uh she like went and did Iboga in Africa and she went and did like um, psilocybin in Amsterdam and she went and did ayahuasca and whatever. And one of the retreats that she did was a silent retreat where, and it's silent and in darkness. So for like, I think it was five days, she was in a room, completely dark, 
No one talks to her. There's like a room within a room. So people would like enter with her food and then open another slot so that there would be no leakage of light. Like I kind of am curious, like how you would react without any form of stimuli. I think I'd die. Yeah. I feel like right now you're like hyperventilating. Yeah. I'm I'm like not, I'm like freaking out right now. No, I wouldn't do it. I, I don't like the dark. I have nightlights all over my house. (laughs) Well, that's fair. You know this. I really do have night, really do have nightlights everywhere in this house. I know I'm scared of the dark. Um, I'm scared of heights. I don't like just sitting. Yeah. But I think that's maybe your nervous system needs it. Just to like oh, sit there in sh- silence. I'm sure I fucking need it more than like 95% of the people in this world, but no, I have no interest in ever doing that. Oh my God. How about you and I just do a silent retreat? Not in the darkness, but like actually just do a silent retreat. No, I have a, like we, we have a podcast because we like to talk. No. Uh, that's Why I mean. do that to ourselves? <laughs> wow. No, someone's really fighting against this. <laughs> never in this lifetime would I ever fucking do that. But sorry. Anyway, I cut you off before. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, I, I don't even remember what thought I, no. I had that you cut. So it's fine. Sorry. Sorry. I was just so excited because I never thought about those types of questions. Um, except for one. And I will, I will tell you, cause you asked me this question years ago and it like opens up my mind to like, whoa, people do things differently. But then there's a new show on Netflix. I don't know if you've mm. seen it. I, I like had it on the background one day. Um, so I haven't actually watched it, but it's called like a hundred people or something like that. And they do all oh. these like like, I don't know if it's like social experiments or if it's just experiments, but it's like the, the question you asked me comes up, like, do you sit or stand when you poop <laughs> or when you wipe? Yes. When, when you, you wipe. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you wipe. And, um, I thought it was really interesting. Um, the varied responses that we got when we were asking that question in that group setting. But it's like mind boggling that that's actually a thing. <laughs> it's oh, not yeah. something I had ever thought about in my life. Mm-hmm. And then, but didn't we determine that like in our group. control group, our group, that like people with small butts tended to, to stand and people with bigger butts sat yeah. and we thought it was because it helped like, anyway, anyway, we won't go there, <laughs> but um, I think that's so, I thought that I, was interesting. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorites. Um I'm just trying to contemplate if we should bring up the question that you asked in Bali at the dinner table. <laughs> I just, I just laughed and sounded like, like an 85 year old smoker. I think we should leave it for another episode. I think we should leave it for another episode. Yeah. But I also feel like we need to know. <laughs> we need to know. And I think that we should definitely open this up to a poll for I don't know if it would be a fucking appropriate poll. (laughs) Do you think that we would get like kicked off social media if we did that? (laughs) How how can we word it in a way that's like, no, we we have to ask this question. Yeah, We We could use emojis, I guess. That would probably be the most appropriate. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm dying. I forgot about that. Don't worry. Next episode, we will ask this hard hitting question. I'm very excited to hear (laughs) what everyone has to say. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. On that note, um, I think it's time for our basic witch quickies. Um, and for those of you who may not know, or maybe joining us for the first time, this is where we do a lightning round of top headlines from the week and give a quick top of mind thoughts about it. Um, so Alina, are you ready? I am ready. Do you have your phone on you? Are you going? Oh yeah. Sorry. I always forget every single time with you. (laughs) Really bad timekeeper, I guess. Okay, so I'm going to give us three minutes. Okay, all right. And, oh wait, I'll read it first. Um, Paul Rudd is voted people's sexiest man alive. And go. I thought it was really funny because there was all these rumors before that it was going to be Chris Evans, I think. Um, Yeah, I just remembered seeing on like TikTok and Twitter and stuff, people were like, oh, it's totally going to be Chris Evans. I mean, I think Chris Evans is like attractive. Wait, I think I'm thinking someone else. Who's Chris Evans? I'm going to go. He's Captain America. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's good looking. Yeah, yeah. He's a super good looking guy. Um, And then when Paul Rudd came out, I was just kind of like chuckling a little bit because they're they're two very different types. Uh, But I think Paul Rudd could be sexy. I, you know, he's like 
older. I think he's like attractive. I think he's funny. And I think funny points are sort of like the highest weighted points. Um, I think he's so hot. Also, he's like 50 something. He looks so fucking good. And I think I, you know, I'm sure you've seen all of those memes that are like, he's a wizard or he doesn't age or Mm -hmm. like, I don't give a shit about Kim Kardashian's like skincare routine. Give me Paul Rudd's because Mm -hmm. he looks so good. Like he looks exactly, actually, I think he looks a little bit better now than he did when he was Mike on Friends. Men age like fine wine. And in particular, Paul Rudd is one of those people. So I'm actually thinking about that. Do do you think that it's just like, we're like, cause I feel like we look better now than we did even like 10 years ago, generally speaking. I mean, I also got Botox and eyebrows and stuff like that done, but, <laughs> and lip fillers, but. I think my innocence has completely been demolished. Yes. And the weight of life is now on my face, which I think makes me look more experienced. Sure. Yeah. We'll go no, with that. No, stop with that. I think that we genuinely like look better. Like sometimes I look at pictures of myself from two years ago and I'm like, who is that girl? Why did she not have eyebrows? And like, how did she not know about like Botox? But uh, like, I don't know. So what I guess what I'm saying is like, do we, cause I always thought Paul Rudd was good looking, mm. but if I look at him now, I think he's definitely like hotter than he was in like clueless. Right. Yeah. So do you think it's just that like, as they age, like, fuck, we're aging too. And so our just like standards for what's like sexy have changed. Yeah, that could be it potentially. Um, I mean, I look at my photos from the past and a lot of times I'm like, damn, I was a lot skinnier than I thought. Um, <laughs> it's usually my Why are you being so <laughs> negative? I can't. No, I mean, there's a certain level of me that thinks like there's a level of confidence that we get with age. And I think yeah. it's very obvious. And there's more of a comfort within your own skin that I think both you and I have gained as we've gotten yeah. older. Um, yeah, I mean... I think though in particular, and I hate to say this, but like, I don't know, there's something about older men, like in their forties and fifties that like really gets my engine going. Something about the, like the maturity, the, you know, something about it, but yeah, I mean, I'm here for it. I like Paul. I think it's because we're old. I think that's what you're saying. Also, I think, I think he's hot. So when I saw that, I was pretty excited about it. Um, Okay. Are we doing it? Oh, we're doing it. Okay. So I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about this. Um, So maybe we'll give us four minutes on this one. Aaron Rodgers, COVID scandal. And go. Um, So I think it's interesting that he talked about, like in his interview, like initial interview, because I think in the article, they were talking about how he said that he was immunized. Yeah. Um, which of course gives a certain narrative or like framework for people to go off of. And then it was like, oh, actually I'm not vaccinated. Um, I thought that was a little weird. Like he should have just said, I'm not vaccinated and like ended it at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like trying to frame it around like, oh, I'm immunized. Like, no, you're not just like, say you're not, it's fine. But I feel like he obviously chose his words very wisely. Right. I don't think that he said immunized in an attempt to like lie that he was vaccinated. I think that he can now say, I never said I was vaccinated. I was, I said I was immunized because he believed. Yeah. But if he had said that he wasn't vaccinated, I feel like it wouldn't be as much of a backlash as it is now. Cause people are like, Oh, you were being manipulative as shit. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. I I think that like the fact that he is or isn't is neither here nor there at this point. I think that it's just like you misled everybody and you, quote unquote, put other people in danger and whatever it is. But I guess like knowing how we live in like a culture of like cancel culture, or I Mm -hmm. guess a time of cancel culture, excuse me. And people get like, so bothered by other people's decisions and choices and whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I almost wonder like if I, when we are in the public eye, if I, if I was in the public eye and like, it was such a touchy, touchy topic, like vaccination, COVID, all these things, like, would I want people to be privy to that information myself? Like, why is it that like, we are like, we expect a fucking athlete to tell us whether or not he's vaccinated. Yeah. But then like, we all scream about fucking HIPAA all the time. Like, how, how is that? How is that? Okay. I guess, look again, 
I, it's not about him being vaccinated or not putting people in danger or not. I guess what I'm like, what I took away from this is just like, why is it my business? Yeah. I mean, also, I just, I I agree with you. It's like, I don't really care whether people are vaccinated or not. I think I'm of the mindset that it just become, has become such a polarizing topic and people, because of the way that everything was framed in the beginning in regards to COVID um, and the fact that you can find data to support both points, right? Like as you and I have both learned from the industry that we're in, you can use data to tell whatever story you want. Data can always be manipulated to tell whatever narrative, I just think that we'll say interpreted data can be interpreted. Yes. Data can be interpreted. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There we go. Neutral wording. Um, But I think it's just like so intriguing now that there's so much hate and vitriol on both sides. Mm -hmm. that I'm just like, look, if you, you know, your body and your immune system best. And if you want to be vaccinated, please, by all means be vaccinated. If you are just like, no, I would rather not be vaccinated. Okay, cool. I feel like knowing the science and knowing that this, like there's so many immunologists and virologists who've come out and said that this is going to become endemic to our society, which means that it's literally just here. It's here. It's here to stay. Like we're not getting away from it anytime soon. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how much of the population, like we've gotten past herd immunity. Like that's just not plausible at this point. I just, I just don't care if people want to protect themselves, get vaccinated. Yes. If people don't, then don't. I, at yeah. the end of the day, I just don't feel like we should be shaming people based on their medical decisions. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers, you shouldn't have lied so that you could walk around without a mask. Like yeah, here's that. That's the guidelines for your employer, right? You are yeah. employed by the NFL. Um, like I said, I don't give a fuck if you're vaccinated or not. Personally, I think that that's unfair that people are, you know, feel like they are privy to that information about someone else's health records. Mm. However, I just think like, okay, maybe it was a bad luck to lie about it and, or not clearly state. Yeah. I think that was the way we're asking and then carry on. Like you were vaccinated the whole time. I think that that's the thing that's pretty shitty because if nothing more, you just need to be respectful of other people's decisions. And if there are people who, you know, are assuming that you're vaccinated and that's why they're comfortable being around you, it's yeah. not okay. Um, in my perspective, but okay. Four minutes is up. BBQs are up. So, okay. um, this is obviously like super top of mind or I guess like hot news right now. And we were chatting about this the other day. So, um, I know that we, we felt like it was appropriate to discuss on the podcast today. So the whole like Astro World tragedy, I mean, like a concert of 50,000 plus potentially people out in Houston that ended in like literal death, which is just, I think, awful. Um, but I don't, I'm still confused. Like I've seen some TikToks, like I was reading some articles, trying to figure out what the fuck happened. I don't understand like where people just like, holy shit, it's Travis Scott. Oh my God, it's Kylie's baby daddy. Let me get as close to him as I can until they rush the stage. Like I know like eight or something people died and there's like 15 in the hospital or something or 13 in the hospital, excuse me. Yeah, so um, this whole tragedy is surrounding a Travis Scott concert. You are correct that um, eight people did die. 300 people were treated for minor injuries and 25 were taken to the hospital with at least 11 of them, 11 of them having experienced cardiac arrest. Um, it's, it's kind of insane to me that all of this would happen. Like this is, I think it's known as like the deadliest um, concert um, situation in U.S. history. I can't imagine going to a concert. I mean, mind you, I'm not like, you know, I'm not a big like festival goer. And I, if I'm going to a concert, I like my seat so I can have my personal space. Exactly. Um, I mean, that's just, that's awful and just so sad. But I saw that like one of the people who died was like 14. Like I didn't even know 14 year olds could go to these types of festivals. Yeah. So, um, you're sadly, you're correct again. So, um, John Hilgert was the name of the 14 year old. There was also a 16 year old there too. Her name was Brianna Rodriguez. I mean, the whole situation is fucked. I personally, like, I wonder if their parents were there or if this was like them going with friends. I kind of agree with you. I'm a little surprised that people under the age of 18 could go. Like if their parents weren't there, I'd be like, Oh, what? Um, 
And by the way, sorry, just to clarify, I'm not I'm not suggesting that the parents are necessarily wrong. I'm surprised that they were allowed oh, oh, yeah, to yeah, attend yeah. a festival is what I mean. Because like the ones I've been to, I think you have to be 18 or 21 to get in. Oh yeah, 100%. Honestly, there's a lot to unpack with regards to logistics and event management of the concert, to how the crisis was handled in real time, to the legalities of how this will all land, um, to even the conspiracy theories that are on TikTok surrounding this tragedy. Of course fucking TikTok. Um, okay. All right. So hopefully we'll get through all of it. Um, my first question is like, so back to what I asked, how and why did these people get trampled? Like, are there not crowd control people, security, like there's always a row of security guards that like stand there in the front of the stage. Like what were they doing? What happened? Yeah. So there's a couple of theories out there as to what may have been the reason behind um, the trampling. Um, so one of them is that because the venue is outdoors, there was an incident earlier in the day, reports from folks um, seeing other people sort of jumping the fencing and the security um, lines. I saw that video. That. Yeah. And um, so people believe that there were way more people than just 50,000. Um, so that could have been the reason. Um, there's also claims that the concert didn't have adequate security measures in place or sufficient access to medical personnel. Um, then there's the actual issue of the event organization company itself. Scoremore was the name um, and their planning document. So it was like apparently a 56 page document. They were told to keep the event going if there were no threats within the spectator area and um, that they should never use the word. This, this one is really fucked up, that they should never use the word dead or deceased and instead call someone who's dead a smurf, which is honestly very fucked up considering that people were black and blue from getting trampled on and CPR protocols. Where did that, uh, does that word mean something? Smurf, you know, you know the Smurfs. No, I know what a Smurf is, but I mean, like, was it just like a random word that they chose? Yeah, or? so it was a random word okay. that they chose. But like now that looking back on it, like a little blue person when people were literally gasping for air because they were being crushed, like not a good look. Um, but there was an interesting article I was reading about, um, or from like a crisis mm. management or person who typically manages a lot of these organizations. Um, and he had mentioned that there should have been um, one crowd manager for about 250 people. And he was saying how given what happened and basically the series of events that led to the tragedy of eight people losing their lives and so many more getting injured. Um, he was like, they definitely did not have crowd managers or they didn't have enough crowd managers. Um, and crowd managers, essentially what they do is they're looking out for psychological effects that make crowds more dangerous. Um, and he said that the technical term is called the fall. So um, typically in larger crowds, people will become emotionally attached to something and collectively everyone's like, heart rates will spike. And there's this thing that happens where it's like a cognitive impairment where you get tunnel vision, there's like auditory exclusion, where basically like your hearing starts to shut down almost. And so that's what could have led to that the trampling situation, um, or I guess it's called crowd rushing. Um, and then the other thing, which I guess got debunked this morning, but I still think it's prevalent to make a note of it is, you know, on top of all of the above, there was a report. Uh, well, actually there are some reports um, that attendees may have been drugged without their consent, which they believe could be a potential explanation for the surge. And supposedly so initially one of the stories was that there was a security guard and mind you this was like the chief of police who had told the public the story there was a security guard who appeared to have been pricked in the neck as he attempted to restrain someone in the crowd and according to the chief of police troy finner when he was examined he went unconscious they administered narcan he was revived and the medical staff did notice a prick that was similar to a prick that you would get if someone was trying to inject you now troy finner came out i guess this morning and said whoops never mind jokes he was actually hit on the head um, but that still doesn't dismiss from the case, like all the other reports supposedly that are out there about people who got essentially drugged at the concert. Drugged with what? Like adrenaline? So, so like, that's a really good question. Um, some people think it might've been ketamine um, or some kind oh. of mix of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which would make sense. Um, 
Also, could you imagine if there's like a mass like pricking of people, like people just freaking out that something touched them or something got into their skin? Uh, I could imagine that kind of causing a bit of um, a freak out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I I'm also just like very surprised that the chief of police would come out with a story like that and then all of a sudden like backtrack. And you like so publicly too. And how could you go from a story that was like very specific of like, oh, he was unconscious. They gave him Narcan, which for those who may not know is typically a drug that is given to people who are overdosing Overdosing. and um, they got revived, et cetera, et cetera. Like, how could you go from a story that was very specific to all of a sudden backtracking? Be like, never mind. He was just like hit on the head. Like, how did you mix the, like, how did you mess that up? Like, I'm kind of curious. I mean, that, feels a little fishy. Right. Um, I guess TBD will see what stories come out mm. and we will update everyone. Um, okay. So given there's like talks of people jumping fences, having too many people, not enough crowd managers. Um, there's obviously probably wrongful death loss. Like what exactly? Cause I know that there are a number of lawsuits that have been filed. Mm-hmm. What are the legalities? Like who's responsible? Is it Travis Scott? Because I know that he's been named. Is it um, Scoremore? Is it also where does Live Nation come into this? Do they own Scoremore or were they partnering? I think Scoremore is a separate entity that's for like event organization, event logistics, event management. And Live Nation is more of like, the provider of like the tickets and and all of that. They're the ones who are like hosting it in a sense. Got it. Okay. Um, They probably have like security and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, So, yeah. So who's suing what's, what's happening? Yeah. So, so far there are like 19 lawsuits last I checked. Um, Most mention pretty much all of them mention live nation. Um, And then majority of them mention Travis Scott. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. So, okay. So Travis produced the event. Yeah. Right. What does that actually mean? And then like, so is he just the face of it? Is it like he curated, you know, the artists? Um, And then I also saw that Drake is like being dragged into this, but didn't he just like go on stage like really quickly to like introduce someone or something? Yeah. Um, So interestingly enough, yes, he did produce the event, but that could mean a number of things. Um, I think it's, it's, it's hard to lay blame to only one person since there were so many aspects of this. So it's like Live Nation, why didn't you have better protocols in place? Um, Security, whatever the security company was, like why wasn't there enough security personnel on hand? The medical professionals, like whoever was organizing that, how come there weren't enough enough of that? The score more from an event management standpoint, why weren't there enough like crowd managers that were on point? Why wasn't the protocol list or the document that they had listing explicitly what they were to do if crowd rushing were to happen? There's so many pieces here that where you could lay the blame at. Um, and interestingly enough, the reason why I'm, I'm sure you're kind of curious as to like why there are so many lawsuits listing like a shit ton of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Texas, it's actually common to list multiple defendants because under Texas law, if one defendant is liable for at least 51% of the damages in a lawsuit, the plaintiff can get all of the damages they request from that one defendant. So because Drake was performing there, they were like, oh, we're going to list him too. So it's to like spread the blame. Basically, it's like, I'm going to put all these eggs into all of these baskets and hoping that I'll get the you know, money I'll, from exactly got it. Um, I don't know if I think that's like fucked up. If I think, I mean, I the, the whole situation's fucked up, and, and I'm not, I'm not certainly not saying that like these people shouldn't get justice or whatever, but like that really sucks for Drake. He was just like, hey, yeah, Trav, like I'll come do you a favor and like say hi. hi. Yeah, and now he's like being dragged into a lawsuit. Yeah, um, it's I Erica actually- Girardi. Symptom, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how involved Drake was with actual Astral World. I didn't re- I, I didn't know he was there until I saw the lawsuits come through, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Um, 
what I think is even more intriguing about this whole case is that Travis Scott may actually get in trouble. And I'll tell you why. Um, he okay. actually had two prior incidents, one back in 2015 and one in 2017. Um, in 2017, he pleaded guilty to concert-related charges. Um, and in 2017, it was rested on suspicion of inciting a riot at, um, I think it was oh, Bentonville, Arkansas. I think so. Um, so he pleaded guilty for disorderly conduct and had to pay a fine of, get this, $7,465. And I think it was like 31 cents, like something ridiculous. Um, he got away with that. And then in 2015, he also had a charge that was related to um, his performance at Lollapalooza in Chicago. And um, police basically said that Scott or Travis had um, encouraged fans to climb over security barricades, ignore the security workers and rush to the stage at the concert. Um, so luckily, security got the situation under control and no fans were injured. But like he has two prior counts. Right. Where this is like, clearly he has a precedent of like inciting this type of behavior at his concerts. Yeah. I, so I remember I also saw um, an article about how he was sued by someone in New York mm. that he encouraged to jump from like the balcony yes. during a concert. And so the guy's paralyzed. Oh, I heard so he sued time. him too. So it's like, I mean, clearly he, we're seeing a pattern emerge mm -hmm. here. I would imagine that that's probably not that great for his defense mm -hmm. in all of, you know, 19 or plus um, lawsuits. But, okay, so I'm assuming that these things will all be brought in as evidence, but how do you think any of these cases, all 19 lawsuits are going to land? Like, that's hilarious. I was actually reading a lot on, um, from a legal standpoint as to like what some of these professors at law schools were thinking and some lawyers at, at specific firms. Um, and interestingly enough, there was an article from Insider um, where they asked these legal experts. Oh, can I experts. please speak? Experts. Legal experts. Um, can I speak English tonight? Thanks. Um, so they were asking these legal experts hurts and folks say that it's a slim chance he'll actually face criminal charges because they have to prove some sort of degree of intent or a gross level of negligence. Um, if they found that a witness told him to stop the show um, and he heard it, they could bring manslaughter charges against him. Um, and in particular for me, why this is interesting is because there is a video of him where I think at some point, like you can kind of hear screams and somebody gets on stage. One of like the people, the production folks, it looks like goes to him, whispers something in his ear and Travis kind of shoes him off and then continues on with the show. No. So, yep. So um, if they can prove that that person like under oath actually knew, told him what was happening and he continued to play, I'm pretty sure they could bring up manslaughter charges against him. Um, yeah. However, um, outside of, you know, criminal, um, criminal negligence, um, he could, however, be held liable in lawsuits when it comes to civil negligence. Okay. So first of all, that sucks for him. And I really hope that that's not what that person said. A, B, because that would be really fucking shitty. Like, that would be so fucked up. You, somebody told you people were literally dying out there, or people like things were getting rowdy, and you continue to move forward with the concert. Like yeah. that's wild to me. Yeah, wild. I actually sent you this morning. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram, but there was like clearly, I think it was meant somewhat in jest, which is probably a little fucked up, but. Um, or maybe, maybe it was actually just like, hey, look, this is how a normal person reacts. But yeah. there's a concert of Adele and she like stops, oh, yeah. literally stops the show. And it's like, holy shit, somebody's fainted over there. Like, are you okay? Are, are you okay? Mm -hmm. She like does not continue on until she knew the person was fine. Yeah. Um, there's anyway. several artists, like so many people have posted situations with several other artists, like Kendrick Lamar, you have ASAP Rocky, you have like ASAP, who's one of my favorite artists. And um, he actually was like, yo, like stop, like pick up that fucking girl pick her up like literally screaming yeah, yeah. at the audience like there are people who are clearly have like clear concern for their audiences mm -hmm. and for right now for travis scott it's not looking good but there are videos where he did stop at some point and like pointed at people and was just like help them out so i know that there are some situations where he did 
But all I'm going to say is if somebody came and told him that he had to stop or that, you know, somebody was hurt out in the audience or that somebody died and he continued to play, he's in big fucking trouble. He's fucked. He's fucked. Um, I, that also sucks for that person that's going to have to like be in the situation where they're effectively like they're not making the call because they're telling the truth, yeah. hopefully, but like they know whatever they know yeah. is a very key part of this. And, like, I just would not want that on my shoulders personally, yeah. but okay. So back to, back to my question. So you mentioned criminal versus civil What's the difference between that? Yeah. So a criminal case is filed by the government and is led by a prosecuting attorney. Um, and a civil case is usually filed uh, by a private party. So in this case, it so would like be the victims people. and the family victims. Yeah. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is, I mean, can you imagine like, hey, I'm going to a concert. I'm going to go like see one of my favorite artists or an artist, whatever it is. Yeah. I, this is so fucked. Um, but beyond the like legalities and how sad this is yeah um i feel like tiktok is probably not like the conspiracies are probably not helping the situation Ooh, not at all. um so what like what are people saying because you know i don't have a tiktok don't know how to use it the other day when you were like showing me all these like quote-unquote viral trends and i like my face is like my eyes were like dead behind my yeah, you literally them, your so. eyes glazed. Over. I was like, no, no, this is that 32 now. <laughs> Wait till you hit your 30s, you'll be over it too. Um, but yeah, so like what what like what are people saying? Yeah, so this one's a bit wild. Um, so you know, I'm a pretty spiritual person and I believe that you know there are things out there that we can't see, like very small percentage of like what, like light waves we can actually see with our own eyes. So, you know, I'm open okay. to the fact that there are things that may exist in some parallel dimension to us, right? Like, okay. you, you know that I'm all about the woo-woo. Yep, um, I know. <laughs> but I think that there is a very big, I, I don't want to say stretch or jump or like how far people are taking this. It's, it's, it's gone pretty far. Um, so people started taking a closer look at the visuals for the stage and overall set design, um, of the concert grounds. And they found similarities to what could be perceived as like the gates to hell. Um, there's like the stage itself looks like a portal. Um, the, the entrance where it's like Travis Scott's face with a big mouth as people walk into the grounds. Um, it's very resemblant of a painting called Christ in Limbo. Um, which was done by a Dutch painter, Bosch, um, back in 15, in like the 1550s. Um, and it's basically like, it's a very creepy photo, but it's like, mm -hmm. literally, it's like the gateway to hell. And it's like very chaotic. There's like demonic symbolism. Um, and it looks exactly like it. So that's kind of what's frightening. Um, on top of that, the slogan to the concert was, we'll see you on the other side, which clearly did not age well considering oh jesus um people are essentially saying that because of a lot of the quote-unquote demonic symbolism travis was conducting a blood sacrifice um, oh my god are you kidding yeah. me sorry yeah, yeah. come on yeah and somebody was talking about like the eight levels of hell and how it was eight people that died or the eight fires and like eight people who died. Um, so it's like people are paralleling as many things as they can to sort of the demonic symbols. Um, AKA confirmation bias. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Um, and so people who attended the concert said that the energy felt off from previous years of attending Travis's concerts, like something felt off from the beginning. Um, the fact that he didn't really stop though, there were people screaming bloody murder out to him. Um, that's sort of the other reason why people were just like, there were so many people who were screaming, like you could audibly hear it. And the fact that supposedly he couldn't hear, mind you, I don't know what it's like to be an artist on a stage with all of the devices in your ears. Yeah. Um, but people were saying like, literally people were screaming, crying, yelling at him, trying to get his attention. And he didn't. So people were like, you know, they're trying to make the argument that it was on purpose. Um, how is it essentially that no one from his team and the event organizers said anything to him at some point? Mm -hmm. 
like it doesn't really make sense. Um, and then there are some who say that the actual staging design was awkward, like because you know it was outdoors, and so yeah. they had to set everything up. Um, and so people are making the argument that because it was so weird and out there, supposedly it looked like an upside down cross or something like that, um, that people were saying that you know it was not safe considering the number of people present, and so folks people folks' minds started to wander and they're just like, oh, so it was really done on purpose. And then of course there are like a whole bunch of other videos. If you go on TikTok, there are a lot of spiritual people who are just talking about like the bad energy that was around the space. There are people like actual people who are present at the concerts that were talking about how um, they sense things, they felt things like, I don't know, it's their experience, but um, yeah. So there are a lot of people who say or believe that it was a blood sacrifice, Uh which I was like, okay. Okay. So not to discount, discount. Why can't we speak? It's too early. There's no alcohol involved. Yeah, clearly. Um, like not to discount anyone's experience or spirituality, but like again, I think so much of this is just confirmation bias. Um, I think Could that be. like, look, yeah. there was fucking tragedy, and people are looking for a way to to draw that parallel to say like, oh no, it was off, or it didn't feel like it did last year, or like, yeah, a lot a lot of stages are built looking like an upside down cross because you have like the horizontal part that they you know kind of move left to right, and then they often go into the crowd. Like, I don't know. That's number one. I did see the gates of hell. Um, the painting versus the set. And I'm actually curious to see if they're like, yeah, that's where we got inspiration from. Like people draw inspiration oh, from shit. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, but then I, people I, are like, why are you drawing inspiration from like demonic symbols? And this is so mean, people then are like, you know, they tie in the concept of like Illuminati yeah. and like all of these. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is again, it's confirmation bias. And I like, I just don't, I don't know. I think that like, People lost their lives here. I think it's so fucking tragic. And I think Travis Scott, like I pray to God that he didn't actually realize that people were being hurt and continue to, to play. I watched one of the videos and like the, the caption was like, people scream bloody murder and Travis Scott keeps performing. And like, and I watched it and people were not like, they were not screaming bloody murder. They were saying like, help, 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 help. And they were like pointing to someone who was clearly uh, hurt on the ground. And, but they were like, I wouldn't say they were screaming bloody murder. They were looking for help. Absolutely. Yeah. But bloody murder is usually just a phrase, right? It's like, oh, screaming bloody murder. It's like, oh, I just need help. No. See, here's the thing. I interpret if I'm screaming bloody murder, like I think there's a difference. I think that like, and, and I say this because I remember when I lived in Brooklyn, um, I remember it was like one or two o'clock in the morning and me, my sister and our roommate, we all lived together. We all were like texting each other from our beds because we were all convinced that someone was being like raped as awful. Oh no, God. like, and I, and I say that because it was a woman and she was like, I have never in my life. And I still to this day have never heard a scream like that. Like it, there's a difference between like a scream, like, that. I don't know, maybe because I've experienced that. Like, that's what I think. And like, I'm not saying these people didn't deserve help, but I don't know that like, he realized like, again, I'm just saying what I saw. Um, I think if that person comes out and says like, I did tell him people were getting hurt and he continued to play like you're a piece of shit, but I don't, I think people are, I don't know. I just think like people lost their lives and let's not like, let's not, I don't want to say dramatize it, but like, yeah, I mean, let's get to the bottom of what actually happened without having all this like fucking noise on the side. Sorry. No, that's how I feel about it. No, I mean, and that's, you know, a fair and valid perspective. I, you know, I'm like very, as I've mentioned earlier, spiritual. And so there's a part of me that feels like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it without sounding fucking crazy. Um, because I feel like that's like what most spirituality is, is like, (laughs) there's things that you can't see or make sense of and sense. Um, and there's a part of me that like, I don't think that this was like blood sacrifice. Like, let's just clarify that. Um, I do think that for people though, I don't want to dismiss their experience of like feeling darkness or heavy energy, because I'm sure in that moment with the insanity that there was, 
of course, like you're going to sense sort of the chaos. You're going to sense like yeah. all of the, the, the fear you're going to sense the hurt, you're going to sense the pain. Um, and so I can understand why things may have escalated the way that they have from a like just totally agree. spiritual conspiracy ish theory route. I agree with you. And I think, I think that there was probably really bad, heavy energy because Mm -hmm. people were being hurt. People were Mm -hmm. scared. Like I totally, totally. And I also think people could sense it earlier on that something bad was going to happen. Like, I believe that like we can sense energy over like time is a fucking illusion. Um, so I'm sure that there were some people who were like extra sensitive who were just like, Ooh, this doesn't feel right. Um, because okay. there are a lot of people who talk about their experience going into the concert and they're like, yeah, we felt like something was off from the get go. So I'm like, Ooh, okay. okay. And so probably people misinterpret that or, you know, whatever the experience was, but in my opinion, they probably sensed that something was going to happen. You know, some people like have an intuition about things before they happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably like misinterpreted that as like, Oh no, I'm like going through like the portal of hell, you know? Yeah. No, no, that I'm not saying people, I don't believe that people couldn't have that feeling of like dread or doom or whatever it is, but yeah, yeah I know it's, it's a little wild. I, let's, let's maybe I just feel some. bad that like these p- families that lost their kids that lost oh their my God, of course. friends that lost, their, you know, like now they're in the middle of not only that tragedy, but also being fed or seeing in the media and like on social media that like their child was a blood sacrifice. Like that probably feels no, exactly terrible. that. That's exactly what I mean when I'm just yeah. like, all right, guys, let's, let's calm down. Like yeah. let's, let's let these families grieve and you don't need to like take their, yeah their grief and make it into your mm-hmm. whatever. So, okay. hundred percent. Anyway. So what did you think of Kylie's public response afterward and the apology video? Do you think it's genuine? (laughs) Um, Choked on my coffee on that one. Um, Yeah, no, I definitely didn't think it was genuine. Um, And I think the reason why I didn't think it was genuine is because it felt very much like Kylie was just trying to support her man. I, I don't know. They're just like something very icky about the fact that they were just like in a protected VIP area and she probably heard the screams for help. And I'm pretty sure she did nothing. You know what I mean? I don't know. Something about this all just doesn't sit well with me. And I also think Travis Scott's video, like there's so many parodies now on TikTok and I'm probably sure you've seen them on Instagram and all of that, but where people are just like, Oh, like rubbing their forehead and and trying to be as like dramatic and excessive as possible with whatever it is that they're saying as a form of the parody. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I wasn't a fan. It didn't feel genuine to me. I wasn't a fan of it. You know, somebody made this like shitty parody. Well, I mean, it wasn't shitty. It was actually funny, but they made this parody where it's just like, they were like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And like my album is coming out and da, 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 where they just like started to like trying to grab profit for their album. And I was like, yikes, but it's kind of what it felt to me where it was almost like to save face. I mean, I think a lot of it's to save face. That's for sure. Right. Because they. It's like, if you felt sorry, like maybe you should have just like stopped the concert if you actually cared. When you first saw the ambulance coming through the crowd, for example, what a normal person yeah, would do, yeah. or at what least a what I would, would do. If I would have seen that, I'd have been like, okay, everyone, we're going to stop. But there's a video of him where he like pauses, he sees the ambulance. And at some point he's like, make the ground shake or like put your hands up in the air and he begins again. And I'm just like, bruh, like you are not helping yourself at all here. So it's like, if you actually cared about human life or like yeah. the livelihood of your fans, you would have stopped. You would have then asked your production people, what is going on? I need to like understand what's happening to yeah, this person yeah, yeah. Um, before I can like continue with this concert. Do you think a lot of it is like, he's used to this chaos at his shows. And so he didn't think it was like a thing. Okay, if you already have a past of this happening twice to you, you would think that there would have been a lesson learned of like, stop doing this dumb shit. People get hurt. No, I I agree with that. But clearly, yeah. we already established he maybe doesn't get that. Yeah. So that's why I'm asking you, do you think that maybe, because nobody's ever been 
killed at one of his concerts before, right? And usually they've been able to get it under control before it got out of control. Yeah. So do you think that maybe he's just like, oh, it's like another, like... Still, I don't think that you've like had ambulances like that that just like show up trying to get through a crowd. I don't think he's ever had that experience. And maybe I'm just talking based on what I know. I don't know. Um, If anybody's gone to a Travis Scott concert and has seen like an ambulance in the middle of the crowd, please, by all means, let us know. But yeah. I don't care who you are, like as a decent human being, or at least my definition Mm -hmm. of a decent human being, you would stop and make sure that whatever is going on gets handled before you start to incite a crowd again. No, no, no. I I agree. I feel like he's had experience with inciting crowds and keeping the energy high. Sure. But when there is a quote unquote downer, right. AKA clearly medical personnel trying to get through a crowd and you see the lights going off, like clearly somebody needs assistance. Stop. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, no. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I'm just saying maybe he, maybe he was an idiot. Okay. Well, yeah. yes, but maybe he's just not used to it or, or sorry, he's so used to it. I should say. Yeah. I mean, I still don't consider that like a good enough explanation. Agreed. Like if you're okay. seeing, you know, like ambulance lights popping off in the middle of your crowd, I w- would stop everything until you get the A-OK from. But if we find out later that production told him it was A-OK, then it's definitely on production's fault. You know yes. what I mean? And I think it'll be interesting to see what they say. Okay. Yeah. So I guess this is like my final question for you, but I feel like it's a good closer after the mm-hmm. conversation we just had. Like, do you think he should be held responsible? Because he continued playing. So because of how complex this situation is, A, it was outdoors. B, there was a possibility that there were way more people than there should have been at the concert. C, the fact that like they didn't have enough medical personnel. Like there's so many areas where fault could be laid at other parts of the puzzle. So like mm-hmm. fault could be laid at the feet of security. Fault could be laid at the feet of score more the event organizers yep, yep. fault could be laid at live nation for like not ensuring all of their eyes were dotted and their T's were crossed. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's partial fault for Travis Scott. If he knew people were getting hurt and he kept on inciting the crowd, definitely a form of manslaughter there. Sorry, not sorry. But like, if he knew, I think this is the big one. If they find that someone told him and he knew people were getting hurt and he continued to play, then he definitely has fault. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I agree. I think, um, yeah, I guess it's just like, how do you figure out? And this is why I'm not a lawyer and why I studied for the LSAT for four minutes and was like, yeah, maybe not for me. Um, cause I don't know how you go about doing this, but like, how do you think that they're going to be able to like pinpoint how this happened? Cause I feel like there's all this, he, he said, she said, there's all of these conspiracy theories. Like, I just feel like it's like, again, there's like a lot of noise and I don't know how they're gonna, oh my God, I'm so fucking corporate. There's a lot of noise. Um, <laughs> how are they gonna, uh, all of the data points are being clouded by this, by this background noise. Uh, so um, how are like, do you see them being able to really figure out like, what the true cause of it was. Yeah. I mean, of course they're going to like go through everything with like a fine tooth comb, right. From like the 56 Uh page, like planning document that score more had looking at the protocols, procedures, they're probably going to do from like a forensic standpoint, they're going to um, probably do like a sound situation. Well, they'll probably replicate parts of the the concert where people are screaming, but then you have the same like decibel levels that he's like singing at plus with the, the equipment in his ears to see if he could okay. have actually heard. Um, they're probably going to do a lot of, um, I can't remember what the technical legal term is for it, but when they basically interview people and they um, force them to come and talk about their experiences as oh, a witness. Grand jury, no. Not a grand jury, no. Subpoena? Yes, they're probably going to subpoena a lot of people. I watch um, a lot of true crime shows. That's how I know that. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to... Like, we know. Oh, uh, we know. Um, they're probably going to subpoena a lot of people to kind of get their perspective. I think it will be really fucking interesting once we get actual testimony from the production folks on whether they did or didn't tell him. I think that'll be interesting. So there, I can, I can 
totally see how they're going to go about it. Yeah, I it's going to take time. Like all of these things take time in the legal system. Yeah. I just think at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm like praying for the the families of these victims, the people who've been injured, and I just like wish them well and I hope that they can one day be able to put this behind them. But until then, here we are. Jesus Christ, I can't even imagine how fucking scary it must be. Yeah. I mean, and and, I mean, scary to be on the receiving end, obviously scary of being like, to just be like, we don't know what happens. Like, you know, when, when losing someone and not really knowing what the real what the truth real is. Yeah. I think that's the toughest part for sure. Yeah. That sucks. Well, um, yeah. And on that note, I think we'll probably need to do like a follow-up to this um, mm-hmm. as more and more gets uncovered. Um, but for right now, my opinion is it's, it's, it's not looking good across the board. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic in the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye.